Five, four, three, two, one. Drew? Thank you for joining me. ML? Mark Fellhub has served Red Shovel Network three generations. He swears you are the finest student he's ever taught. Sean Windsor. Say the same. needs new experiences. They draw something deep inside, allowing you to grow. Without change, something sleeps inside us and seldom awakens. A sleeper must awaken. Preferably the ones that have a deposit. I'll come by and pick them up. If you have any cans with food in them, I might uh, not want to turn my nose up at those either because at the moment I'm between jobs. But it's great to be back on the airwaves here at the Red Shovel Network with uh, my good friends uh, Mark. Uh, I forget the, some kind of German last name. And, uh, and Sean Windsor, whose last name is the name of the English royalty, who are also German. So that's kind of weird. And, of course, our host and uh, impresario... Uh, Drew Wave. Yes, formerly Drew Wave. Formerly Drew Wave. That yes. was a great air name. Yes, it is. It, it was. Be- new Wave was hot at the time. It beats Rick Rock. That was my uh, was, my was, New uh, Wave DJ. I changed. Oh, really? to, I changed it to Ron Happening though. I thought that was much better. <laughs> wow, you're usually so so deep when it comes to these things. Room seven six oh nine. We always have to figure these things out. Rick Rock. I thought it was Elric and. I wanted to rock. It's one of those things, you know. It's like it's like the kid. So I was at uh, Lake Orion High School a couple of weeks ago talking to the broadcast class, and as as I told them, and sadly it's true, it's the first broadcast journalism classroom I'd ever been in because I had no training in that, and I think people uh, will not find that hard to believe. But I was telling them about how when you write something that you really like. And then you read it without being comfortable with it. It sounds terrible. And I think the classic example of that is the boom goes the dynamite guy because that writing was fantastic, but he didn't really understand it. It looked great on the page, but when he said it out loud, it sounded horrible. And so boom goes the dynamite. It was a little clunky. Yeah. On the page, um, Rick Rock looked really good, but when you said it, it was sort of like what you tell the cops when you get pulled over for speeding. You have that excuse in your mind, like, this is going to work. This is gonna, He's going to let me go. And then as you're saying it to the cop and you see the cop's face, you realize, this is the worst pile of crap ever. I don't know why I thought I'd get away with this. There's no way I'm going to get away with this. I'm going to get a ticket. And depending on where you live, you could get shot in the face. Can we just go back for a second? Did you actually say you wrote something you liked? Um, I didn't like it as much as that Cassius Winston column that apparently a lot of people like. <laughs> I didn't like that. But you didn't well, like the Cassius Winston well, column? You know, I don't like anything I write. Really? I'm not like you. 
We're trying to keep it light for the holidays. Sorry, this is our Christmas edition. Forget the self-abuse part. I just don't want people to be fooled. The Red Shovel Network benefits and salary package clearly outshined Fox 2, and that is why ML is back. Uh, So far, I will say that uh, my future prospects with the Red Shovel Network uh, are brighter than with the the Murdoch boys, but uh, it was a a distinct uh, privilege and honor to work at Fox 2 for... Seven years, four months, uh, three. Are you hours. proud of this writing? Uh, well, this is this is this is uh, impromptu. This is not. <laughs> were were you proud of your exit email that is getting published in places? Are you proud of that beard? I know nobody can see it. <laughs> what are you proud <laughs> of? <laughs> you proud of your New Jersey, your ML sold Detroit Jersey, which is pretty cool. I got to say. I'm, is it too late to get my old job back? This, I, I forgot how much this sucks. I thought this is going to be cool. This is. I know the pri- GM here seems to be meaner. Pride yeah, comes. I, pride comes before the fall. Yeah. A lot of pride here. No, I, you know, hey, I I meant everything I wrote, and I also am cognizant of the fact, as Jim Schaefer is, that you write things to people you don't think anybody's ever going to see, and sometimes they do. So it's good to. It's good to be truthful and and to try and keep it clean. It um, was big news. It was as Mark said. The your. Email to staff was printed in, uh, was it Cranes? Detroit Free Press. Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit. Uh, is the Detroit News on the story yet? What's going on over there? Yeah, I, I haven't been able to keep up with it. Mostly I've been getting phone calls and texts from people who saying, uh, hey, you owe me some money, you son of a bitch. Does this mean I'm not going to get paid? And I said, well, uh, 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 my battery's dying. I should probably get back to you later. But, you should call your wife, maybe. Uh, she Had was. A good job. My my wife, I did call her. She was sleeping downstairs because she snores, which is not a big deal, except uh, the solar panels on my roof started to come dislodged. So it mm. was uh, it was quite the uh, quite the honking. Let me break things up here just for a second. Sean, are you surprised this whole thing panned out the way it did? What what are we talking about? That Elric the, he, is, uh, that he leaves Fox too. I'm surprised he stayed as long as he did. <laughs> is that is that real? That, that's what a lot of bartenders tell me. Yeah, right. Just before they trunch in. No, I'm not surprised. He's a he's a, a man walking the the earth, so to speak. You know, Drew, he always has been. He's always he's a seeker. Drew, I've always told you, I, I never understood why that man, ML Elric, doesn't carry any debt until you explained it to me. And once I've always had that jungling around my head, and knew some of the stuff that was going on, it's like, oh, he's gone. It's because he's been eating Bush's kidney beans for well, this is this for is dinner the, for twenty years, right? And he goes down to his little end times shelter, exactly concrete shelter, and wherever it is in Gross Point that he lives. I think, and, uh, <laughs> Brent, Brendan Fraser is down there trying to get out. Uh, yeah, I'd like to add this. Uh, I carry no debt. Also, yes, I'm, I'm right with you, man. That's that's I can't the, stand the, debt. the Red Shovel Network is founded on sound financial decisions and uh, and freedom. Planning. For an uncertain future. That's right. And this will be the fourth time in the 20 years since I came back to Detroit that I've had to leave a place because of, uh, we shall say, uh, uh, philosophical differences. Uh, Charlie LaDuff carries no debt, debt too. Mm. I thought that was when he told me that and you told me that. Oh, that's have, really he interesting. He does have a switchblade in his boot, uh-huh. which comes in handy <laughs> when you're closing the coney. Yeah. And when, and when some of that chili gets stuck to the back of the grill. You How about wanna, you, Mark? You want to dislodge that? I have too much debt. I have yeah. two I have two little kids. I just, you know. Yeah, you have a mortgage. That's debt. Mortgage, That's debt. mortgage, cars. It's Mike funny. paid. You, it's, you use cash to pay for your house, though, it's, right? It's funny. Uh, actually, I used I used shells and <laughs> sand dollars. I've owned it for quite a while, as you can tell. Um, speaking of mortgages, it's really important that we support the people who support us. We are only here because 
uh, you know, before I could do this on the side, now this may be a major revenue stream for me. So I want to make a special shout out to Hall Financial, who has been with us for months and months and months. And this is December. Yes, it's the end of the year, but it's still December. Mortgage interest rates remain as low as they have been at any point this year. A lot of people may feel like, did I miss the boat? Or refinancing to save some money? No, you did not miss the boat. Rates remain super low, although the news doesn't report it as much because it's been going on since September and because there's one fewer really good reporter out there breaking news. I'm going to tell you personally, I've been working with Dan Morrison. We're about to close a second mortgage deal on another house I have in East Lansing. If you want to know how good these guys at Hall Financial are, try getting a mortgage for a guy who may or may not be with his employer for much longer. Okay? Who may That's a good point. who may have actually very little to recommend to lenders. Dan Morrison and Shannon, the team at Hall Financial, got it done. I won't bore you with how many wrinkles we went through with this, how many different combinations, permutations, derivations. We're making it happen. We're closing on New Year's on Christmas Eve, as a matter of fact. Wow. Dan Morrison, the team at Hall Financial, made it happen. If they don't do as well for you as they've done for me, call me and we'll blow them up. I think they're going to do fine for you. Is it within the 19-day average? Um, uh, let's just say it's been a long and winding road, but I think... Oh, from you're the, bringing the average up. Uh, yeah. Well, from, No, I think from the time we figured out oh, this is really how we're going to do this, mm-hmm. it's going to be less than 19 days. Okay. It's going to go really fast. And, and when it goes slow, it's usually because a joker because like you. me yeah. you know, throws a wrench and it says, you know, I might not be employed by the time we finish this deal. And Dan and those guys, they say... You son of a bitch. And then they find a way to make it happen. So, uh, so, so these thousand guys, five-star ratings, by the way. I don't know if that's in the yes. copy yet. No, they, they got a lot of five-star rate. They're about to get a 1,001, I'll tell you that. They close these things fast, super fast. So Hall Financial, contact Hall Financial. Drew, what is that email again? Uh, DrewandMike.HallFG. And tell them. Or you can, go, you can click the link on our website and fill out the online form. They'll get back to you within five minutes in many cases. And tell them ML sent you. You can use the Drew one, but you want to tell them that ML sent you because we want to make sure. That People have told them that. I might. I may need another house. So <laughs> there, there were questions as to where, where'd that show go that we're uh, advertising on? Well, the beautiful thing is I may be the first homeless guy who owns multiple properties. I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, here's how we got to wrap this up because it's the law, and we always do what we're told. NMLS 1467435. Okay, that's it for the Hall Financial. Guys, we're looking forward to being partners with you in the new year, and we appreciate your support throughout 2019, as uh, erratic as this year has been. Uh, I also want to tell you about another sponsor that's new to the soul of Detroit. It's my bookie. Now, uh, I did pretty well with another online gambling site uh, several years ago when Connor Cook was the quarterback at Michigan State, and you could count on things to go the way they were supposed to go. You had your own lock of the week? Uh, I pretty much picked a lot of them, and I like to do parlays because that was a lot of fun. That's a good way to jack up your winnings if you get it right. Um, Let me tell you something. Connor Cook is gone, and I found out with that other service, when I tried to get my money out, uh, some of it disappeared. Oh, that's crazy. I, I, I picked some winners of divisions in the NHL, and they said, well, that's not really a division winner. And I said, well, of course it is. And whoever it was back in China told me that I was wrong. And I said, listen, the L.A. Kings won that division. Nobody can change it. I said, well, you know get your money. And Who I said, okay, is betting so on division future winners in hockey? 
because it's creative wagering that it's makes for stimulating insane. viewing of he might, meaningless he might games. Have a problem. No, he knew he was going to leave Fox too. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I, if I kept betting with those other guys, I'd have to stay because uh, my my side uh, hustle was uh, a bust. But mybookie.ag is a great way to go if you like a little wager. If you don't care who's playing, but you want to care who's playing, mm-hmm. put a little money on it. If you want to bet on the Spartans, here's a little advice from a longtime fan: they never cover but they will jack people up on the money line. You were very confident uh, with your futures bet of the over, was it over seven and a half wins? So uh, we're going back on pause for another couple months here at the... Uh, I also... I also, you were very comfortable with your Michigan under eight and a half wins. I also had... Oh, that was a couple years ago. That was with another gambling service. Did not collect any winnings there. So that didn't work out for me. But you know what? The thing about mybookie.ag that works for you is there's a bonus. If you sign up for an account, use the promo code SOUL, S-O-U-L. They will match your initial deposit. Uh, friendly advice, don't put a million dollars in there. But a couple hundred bucks, 500 bucks, why not double your money? Why not give yourself a margin of error? So that's mybookie.ag.com. Dot .ag right this yeah. is this is a different read the promo of, code rules by the way oh the promo code rules okay yeah. no not you oh if people want to use a promo when code. you sign oh up. Yeah, yeah 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 when you sign up you this have to use the date, promo the code soul eh, yeah it is this is august copy yeah. <laughs> so just uh, go sign up and start gambling yeah it says if you have a good feeling about those houston astros <laughs> what is this this is from when we before <laughs> this is from before we went on pause hey well you just you abruptly quit yesterday coming up next our special guest anthony fennick to talk about his dispute <laughs> with justin verlander i'm still pissed off about that by the way i just hope those two crazy kids could get together and <laughs> so what can you say about that time? About uh, uh, when that when, when that episode blew up and everything went on pause. Oh well, I I I never knew that Sean's breasts and my affection for fart jokes was gonna have such uh, devastating consequences. <laughs> but uh, but no, Good I job, mean, Sean. Was that, wait, was that a that was part of it? Uh, well, our last our last episode was our guilty pleasures. Oh, okay. And my breasts are your guilty pleasure? Well, no, no. You said something about you caught a, a sh- uh, look at your own <laughs> reflection and uh, and felt uh, chesty. Was that really cited? Is that a no? Guilt- I, I don't know what happened. I mean, that's a guilty not, pleasure. Um, well, I think that was actually the ultimate problem with that show. Is by the time we concluded, we realized we weren't guilty about any of those things that we really. Wait, liked. I saw my reflection and I wasn't repulsed. I, I don't remember that. I you were. I remember. I remember saying that. I, for someone as egotistical as me, why do I remember everything you said when you do not, sir? Sir? I, uh, you're talking about somebody that, well, I can't run anymore, but when I did, I would hit myself in the eye. You know what I mean? Come on. I'm not proud of that. Oh, damn, it's uh, Ron <laughs> Jeremy. You know? Carl Hungus. Not there. Oh, okay. The breasts. <laughs> I forgot you live in Ann Arbor. That was not ever a danger. I mean, you know, that's why these... The hockey shirts don't fit. I have to wear a, a bro. Sean, Sean is the setup guy of all times. By the way, there's lots of great ML Soul of Detroit merchandise left if you want to go to our website, including our new line of fantastic hockey jerseys. You can find that. And, of course, there's the Kwame Sutra still available there. I think, I think it's the only place you can buy one online. Well, he so left a, a bunch in the newsroom, you said. Yeah, I left 50. Uh, it's a newsroom, so I think uh, the minute I put them on the desk, it's like, oh, there's only five left. I'm like, what happened? Huel is a hoarder. Did you know that? <laughs> He's like, uh, did you see my comment on the cover of the book? There's also a comment by uh, Drew Lane on the yes. cover of the book, too. I Very, think that's the only time it's ever happened. Very well-spoken one. Um, 
And also you can donate if you want to support us. And when I say support us, I guess I mean basically my entire family. Um, you can donate at our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. There's a button up there. So, uh, so okay. I think we're, we're kind of all caught up, right? We're, we're yeah. back in the saddle and uh, it's our the Bad guys are running free. They don't have to worry anymore. I think that this may be a brief respite. There's still our buddy Rob Wolchek out there tracking him down. Mm-hmm. You made sure to call him out in your little uh, goodbye email, right? I just didn't want to leave anybody out. I mentioned that you my, wrote. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mentioned my friends. I oh, mentioned my one. colleagues, and they had to be a special category for Rob Wolchek. I can imagine you wrote that knowing full well it would get published out there. That wasn't for your colleagues. That was for the public. No, no. That's how I read it. My colleagues is all of humanity. You know, like you were right. You I, were don't, backstage. I don't try and put myself in a tribe like you were Sean Fancy Windsor. Backstage, like right. testing jokes before you went on stage. That's what it read like to me. That's just me, though. Well, I'm just not familiar with good writing, probably, because you're exposed to so much of your own. Well, you're not familiar with sincerity, but that's okay. That was sincere? That was hurtful and oh my God. And, and, and voluptuous. Is, is your office all cleaned out, or do you have to go back there at all? I have to go back. You do? Yeah. Did you leave stuff just to do? What so, about your Emmys? Did so, you leave those? Are you like the, the the girl that leaves her uh, next to him her phone at your house so you can go back? Did you want to go back? No. So I I we as we're as we're finalizing everything, uh, I said it, it was like, can you get your stuff this weekend? I'm like, no. I I mean, I've got plans this weekend, but I, I'll come back and get them after my last day because I wanted to work right up to the last minute. And I said, well, how much do you have to get? I said, well. Uh, there's my grandma's chair, a couple of lamps. I've got uh, a fire. And you say, your grandma's chair? I said, well, I want people to come into my office and be comfortable. They're usually coming in to talk about things that aren't comfortable. Where's so, grandma sit? Jeez. Uh, it's grandma, pretty rude of you. She doesn't sit. She rests uh, in peace. But, but uh, God bless her. But, uh, so that's how I got the chair. Yes. So you're not going to need this anymore. Let me... Let me borrow this. Grandma's sitting on a stool for years. So I, I've got to load it up. I also have a large uh, painting that I bought at the Muskegon uh, Art Gallery. Of you? No. No, no, no. This is a lovely young woman, and uh, and I'll just say that I can't uh, – I have to put a Post-it note in a strategic place when school groups come through and walk into my office. Oh, really? But, uh, but yeah, so i got to get that. It's on uh, like a sheet of plywood. It's kind of fun. Look at me. I'm looking for the trash can. So I have to. I have Boy, to. no wonder they're casting off all these Pulitzer Prize winners. You got uh, obs- obscenity in your office. You're <laughs> stealing your grandmother's chair. Well, I was obsessing over my breasts, which more I of a still legacy. Don't get, yeah, but. fart jokes on your podcast. Yeah, this is this is this. Can we? This has gone so badly. I'm not. No, I don't. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, what was that about Cassius Winston you were telling us? Well, before? wait. Oh. Were you not ready to come back? No, no. I've been you ready to come back four for months? four months. Yes. You need another four. It tends to be teensy. I mean, the beard might come in by then a little bit better. You know, I I trimmed it last month, so it's it's as freshly shorn. Do you have a sense of freedom from debt collectors, or uh... Uh, just in general? I mean, I know we've all left jobs, and there's a yeah. little bit of freedom feeling afterwards because you don't have to put up with certain things. Uh, I would say that uh, this is not an unfamiliar sensation for me, so mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, I, I've I've been through this before, so I have a, a certain degree of uh, of comfort. And when I left uh, Channel Four, um, it was did you have a job when you left Channel Four? Uh, I had a couple offers, yeah. Okay, and then then after I I went back to the Free Press, I got a call from somebody at another TV station who wanted to hire me. And of course, there's a non compete period, but I started to think 
maybe I wasn't that bad after all. Of course, that was wrong. I was not good at all. But it was kind of nice to know that uh, that somebody else was still interested. Can Can you just be serious just for one second? I was serious. They did want me to maybe, come back on another TV station. Maybe, uh, and and maybe thoughtful. Let me let me get the the soulful the soul of Detroit. Let me get the soulful Mike Elwood. Oh, thank you, just Sean. A second. Wow. Just just a second. Do you find yourself getting a little antsy, a little you know ready for a new challenge or ready for something after a certain amount of time? Because you are a very curious sort, and uh, you're constantly looking for new challenges. So, well, you know, this is someone who's traveled a lot, and I think I think reporters tend to be somewhat nomadic. But you were a news reporter, then you've been a sports reporter, now you're a columnist. So you you've changed your things up on a regular basis, and and I it's important for me to do that too. I think the uh, time I've been at Fox 2 is the longest I've been anywhere. I think seven years uh, is the point where I start to get really antsy. And, and frankly, doing this show helped keep me fresh because not only did, did it, it, it challenge me in a lot of ways, but it, it became a really fun place to come and talk about stories in a way that you can't do on TV. And Fox is tremendous about the amount of time they give us to tell stories. I've never had anybody say, that's too long, we got to cut it down. They let us tell stories to the extent that is is responsible, appropriate, and necessary. But there's so much behind the story, and that's you know kind of when we talked about this show, is and when we do the Drew and Mike show, it was always mm-hmm. about what can we tell you that you might not have read, and I think that's what's fun, and I think that's what makes it worth coming back. And so, just so I have some more stories to talk about, I'm gonna have to get cracking. And working for somebody else, so uh, you know we can. Uh, you won't get break any news the on the Red Shovel Network. Charlie does. I will soon. I will okay. soon. Uh, right now, there's probably I'm in a little bit of a limbo land. But uh, some Wait, of the news you can't break news. Oh no, I, I can. But some of the news I hope to break is about what I'm going to be doing next, and I think we'll be talking about that on our next episode oh. of the show. But uh, but I will continue. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in Detroit. I've had chances to leave. This is where I'm making my stand, and we'll we'll continue to be uh, exposing people who put self-service ahead of public service. I just think that that's wrong. And and if I didn't have an opportunity to do that, I would be uh, I would be bereft. I was I was surprised to see you have a story on Monday. Because uh, you said you were you were working up until the final. Line. I was just. I was like, oh wow. It was a story no one else had. I mean, it continued. Everybody got on it pretty quick, but we but had still, it. First. You had it yeah. first. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, De La Salle story. Yeah, it was about uh, the lawsuit being filed against against De La Salle. So, hey man, you know, if I'm paid, I'm going to work. You know, I, I do stories about people who get paid and don't go to work. Why? Why would I ever want to be one of those people? Plus, plus, I mean, we all. I mean, how many times has somebody talked to you about something or want to get you get you involved in something where you're like, oh, I just. I don't know if I can make it happen. I mean, the the kind of work that we do, and I think the reason why Sean got into journalism the way I got into journal, reason I got into journalism is you want to help people and you want to tell stories. And so, if you have a chance to do a story and you and you don't, you kind of feel like, well, what the hell am I doing here? What other stories did we miss while we were off? Um, the Highland Park one was really interesting. Yes, I remember talking to you when you were on your stakeout. And I think you, I said it before. I'll say it again. You thoroughly <laughs> love doing stakeouts. Yeah, well, I think when we were talking, I said, uh, she's moving, I got to go, yeah, I got to yeah, let you, you go, because... I was excited, I didn't yeah. know what was going on. Wait, fill us, fill us in, those of us who okay. don't remember what you were staking out. So, so um, my old friend Brian Banks, who I think... Uh, Drew, oh, Brian. <laughs> Drew has termed uh, uh, America's guest. Yes, he's America's <laughs> guest, he doesn't pay for anything himself. He, he's found a way to get his, his nose under the tent at, uh, at the, uh, for the Highland Park uh, Public Schools, 
and was hired by a political ally, uh, some in Highland Park believe crony, to do some recruiting for the Highland Park Public Schools. And so we found out about this. I initially had heard that he was doing some work for the Detroit Public Schools, but unlike Highland Park, once Detroit Public Schools did their background check, they're like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. So he sent them a bill, a rather large bill, yeah. for his consulting. And uh, Highland Park was only too happy to hire him, to well, pay him, could and to just, say they would hire him again. Could the Detroit schools just not have paid that bill? I think they could he, have, but I think really they just didn't want to fight. How many felonies? Well, he's very familiar with collection agencies. Exactly. It might be a nice experience to be the guy who's owed some money. The first story record? I did about him, I was standing outside his house when the repo man came to <laughs> pull right. his, uh, his Range Rover away. And one of his na- one of his buddies showed up and said, "What are you doing? What's going on here?" I said, "I said I think they're taking your man's car," and that's when he said, "Well, you know, what are you doing at his house?" And I said, "Well, I'm trying to give him a chance to explain himself." He said, "Well, well, we know where you live," and I said, "Good. If you're going to come to my house, you better be ready." What's his criminal record? Uh, mostly fraud, financial crimes, uh, trying to qualify for loans, failing to pay, uh, using false information, failing to pay off credit cards. Um, oh, financial. Yeah, much. yeah. Although he was sued for sexual harassing uh, one of his aides in uh, Lansing, oh, and that yeah. was settled by the uh, by the state of Michigan. Nice. It, uh, it was uh, a, a relatively uh, minor settlement amount, eighteen grand or so. But the ultimate hit on taxpayers was a hundred grand because the state had to hire lawyers to defend themselves. As far as DPD in Highland Park. First of all, I can't believe DPS, but yeah, DPS. Yeah. Why he would have the audacity? To open a consultancy who, see, by its nature, I say, anybody that does business with Brian Banks as a consultant, I'm suspicious of immediately. Much like Monica Conyers had a consultant. Who would consult with Monica Conyers? Well, it seems to me they got to be dirty almost. So political allies um, and then people who— After prison? Well, well, he he he's never gone to prison. He's no been, Monica did. I, I got no explanation for Monica Conyers. I mean, who who doesn't know this crazy biatch uh, is bad news? So I mean, so we're not going to be able to figure that out unless somebody hits us in the head with an anvil, and that would be bad. No, I'm just but, stunned when anyone does business with consultant Brian Banks. It seems by its very nature, it's suspicious activity as soon as you do business, and you'd want to keep it a secret. Well, that's kind of what happened with the story. Yeah, no, they were not. You know, advertising they did business with Brian Banks. But I will say this about Brian Banks. He's a hard worker. He's very well-connected politically. He's well-liked in the community by a lot of people. And he would be, except for the fact that his record shows that he's a complete and utter piece of crap, be someone who might be a good consultant. Hmm. The only problem is it's kind of one of those things where you say, have you ever stole? Have you ever lied? Have you ever cheated? Have you ever abused anybody? And the answer to all those questions is yes. That's when you say, you're awfully talented, but we're just going to pass because I got to think there's got to be somebody who's just about as good as you that hasn't done all these horrible things. He was recommended to consult by the lady you were uh, staking out, Alexis. um, Alexis Ramsey. Yeah, and like like all the officials who we want to talk to, she declined an interview. She also told me, you know... I said, well, I think it's in your best interest because if, if you don't agree to meet with us, we'll find a way to meet with you. She said, I know how it works. In the end, she still stood us up. But after the story aired, I got this email from her, which I found to be very interesting. It said, hi, ML. I saw the story. I hope we can chat over a few drinks in the near future. If you're available, shoot me a few dates. If not, hopefully we will catch up soon hey. and not for a news story. Hey. Have a wonderful and hey. blessed evening. Whoa. So, uh, interesting. 
So I said, uh, I have not responded to that. But she is a lovely woman, and I think she's very nice, and I think she would not do it a second time. This is, this is a holiday, and I think we want to, you know, we want to keep this on a, on a higher plane. We're going to play you a, a fun little Kwame piece in, in, a, in a couple minutes. But I think, you know, as we talk about some of the dregs of Detroit, and Brian Banks, for such a Detroit guy, by the way, tries not to live in Detroit. He lives in Gross Point Woods. He lives in Harper Woods. He lives in Roseville. A little curious for a guy who claims the Detroit uh, roots so deep. But I think we should really talk about someone from Detroit who we can be proud of. And who, by the way, made quite a national buzz. That's uh, Mr. Cassius Winston, the cash man, who my friend and colleague, the buxom Sean Windsor, <laughs> really did a, a beautiful piece. I mean, we, we bust a lot of balls here, and it, it's partly because Sean's horrible. But, but he is a hell of a writer. <laughs> Sean, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Uh, you've just been mopped up on it, but now it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, turnabout's fair play from earlier, I guess, you know. Seemed like more than turnabout to me. No, I no. I, I, I mean, I, I. Where's my safe space? I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling threatened. What's uh? What's the word now? I'm uh. I'm targeted. Triggered. triggered. I'm triggered. Triggered. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna butt out. I'm gonna go upstairs and get ready for my show. We'll see you on Facebook Live. Yes. And welcome back. It's great to be here. Great to have you, ma'am. We missed you. See how busy being an executive is? I know. He's, and he does dog grooming. <laughs> that's right. He has been holding Layla the whole Unless time. that's animal husbandry, in which case I do not want to know anymore. <laughs> Sean, the amazing, thing, Sean. <laughs> the amazing thing about your Cassius Winston article to me is that no negative comments. Because really, what can you say? But people always expect, it's sports, and this is a state guy. There's going to be a Michigan fan or Ohio State fan that's going to tell him to toughen up or whatever shitty comment they want to throw out there. It was not wasn't. You didn't expect the response I think you got from Cash. I didn't. What struck me, and, and again, just to, to backtrack really quickly, so Cassius Winston lost his brother, younger brother, who's a basketball player at Albion, um, Zachary Winston. Not long after they played. Right. I mean, they had right. actually played a game within days. Right, so of- exactly. It was a scrimmage up in East Lansing, I think. So this was maybe five weeks ago, and his brother had struggled with depression and um, stepped in front of a train, and I can't remember the date, but roughly five weeks ago. And um, Cassius wrote a little Instagram post to his brother, heartfelt. Um, it was really beautiful, actually. And then he spoke to the Breslin crowd for a few seconds, thanking them for the support, and that was it. And then he didn't talk for about a month. And then last week, after talking to Tom Izzo, about the effect of the suicide and the grief with Cassius because he's the point guard, he's the leader of the team, the whole the, – the game flows National through. player of the year. Exactly, and the game yeah. flows through his hands, right? So everything is through him. So in a conversation with, with Tom Izzo, the head coach at Michigan State, about what, the, what this has done to the team, he said, you know, maybe Cassius is ready to talk a little bit. And it turns out he was, and it was really striking. And he I, wanted to talk to you. Did Izzo say call Sean Windsor? How did how did you? Well, he so Izzo and I were um, actually we were in his office in one a night. Turkish bath, exactly. It was the day after the Duke game, and Cassius had really struggled. And um, and I thought, you know, there's something. It's not just the normal. You know how Izzo's team that, that in November, game was horrible. And that game was the most disorganized game I've ever seen the Spartans play, and I think. You had to wonder, what's up with Cash? Well, right. And I was watching him, and I hadn't seen him since the Madison Square Garden uh, game against Kentucky. So I hadn't seen him in person. So I hadn't seen him since the suicide. So I'm sitting there courtside of that Duke game, and I leaned over to a colleague, and I just thought, I, 
this is almost making me uncomfortable watching him. I felt like a voyeur. He looked uh, he, he looked like he was in so much pain, and the last place he wanted to be was there. Well, I found out later why that particular night. But that led me to, to go talk to Izzo the next day. He wanted to keep everything off the record at that point, you know, about what they were going through and how they're trying to navigate all this. Which and is appropriate because sometimes we have confidential conversations with people in the hopes of reassuring them that when they're ready to talk that that it will be handled appropriately. Absolutely. And the, at the end of that conversation, though, he said, you know what? If you can give me some more time, come back in a few days. I want to figure out a way to talk about this on the record because it's important. And maybe Cassius is ready to talk. So that's kind of and that's kind of how that happened. So I went back up there. Izzo and I talked for a while. He left his office. Cassius came in. It was just the two of us, and we talked. And he just he opened up. Um, I, I was stunned at his honesty, at, at how raw he was, at how he talked about this sport that he's really, really good at, that has brought him joy all his life. His dad's a coach. His brothers both played. I mean, basketball was his where he felt the freest, liberated, you know, as you do now that you're <laughs> Fox too. And, um, and it, he, he didn't feel that because he's so tight with his family. And so, I mean, as most of us are, and so close with his brother, the, he stepped on the court and it, it, the, the grief didn't go away. And think about it this way. If, if you're a big man, you're playing the post, you're down on the block and you're just going to bang and rebound. Maybe you can get lost in the physicality. Maybe if you're a checker and a defender in, in, in hockey or you're a lineman in football. But when you're out on the perimeter and you're playing uh, big-time Division One basketball and you're not that quick and you're not that athletic and you, the, the whole reason you're good is because you can think two steps ahead of everybody else and you can see things other Clear players head. can't see, that's his kind of genius, right? He's almost an artist out there. He's skinny. Yeah, and he He's he, he can barely he can barely He's... jump. He's not that quick. So when you rely on you know a, a one in a million processor and creative ability, the grief can get in the way of that, and that's what's happened with him. And he can't see when he steps out on the court. Not only that, he's constantly looking over in the stands at his family. Well, the night of the Duke game, it turns out his mom didn't come, and he didn't find out about it until he was standing on the court during the national anthem, or right before then. And all he could do was fight back the tears. And then the whole game, he kept looking over at the empty seat. Izzo told me sometimes when he was dribbling, he would find himself looking over, worried about his mom. Because what you find out with suicide, a lot of times, most times, the survivors, those that are left behind, feel tremendous responsibility and guilt and or regret. And Cassius is feeling a lot of that. Could I have talked to him more? Should I have pulled him out of Albion and brought him up and had him live with me. Or let him win. Yeah. It's just a yeah. damn scrimmage. <laughs> exactly. So, so, but for somebody, I think he's 21, to, to be that raw and open, because so many athletes will say, well, when they go through something that's painful in their life, this is where I'm going to escape. Well, there are a lot of athletes are emotionless, period. Maybe so, but for Cassius, Cassius was feeling what so many of us felt, which is why the story kind of, Took off like did, and that that kind of surprised me. But who can't relate to that, right? Yeah. Well, so so you know, we talk about the the bums in Detroit, but this is about the soul of Detroit, and it's important to remember that we have people in our city and in our area who are honorable, who are uh, magnificent, if you will. And I know some kids who went to school with Cassius Winston. They said he's like the most down-to-earth, humble guy. When he was really jumping off a couple of years ago, he would come back to you, a D Jesuit, 
on Detroit's west side to visit kids and see how they're doing. It wasn't big time, and it wasn't like a victory lap. It was just like, hey, man, how's it going? You go sit at the basketball games over the break or something like that. But I think it, it's really important, particularly as someone who's had a family where people have, have, uh, have dealt with anxiety and depression and stress and, and thankfully have not, have not uh, uh, ended up um, where, where uh, Cassius's brother ended up in that dark place where you feel there's no place else to go. I think it's really important that people understand that this is not that uncommon. And that you need to talk to people. It's about on the this. rise, actually. And you need, well, yeah. I mean, the, the, you, the suicide rates in this country is, is through the earth, uh, through the roof. I mean, it's insane, and kids in particular. But it's really important to understand that whatever you think you're going through, whatever lonely place you're in, you're actually there's like a million people in the same lonely place. I wish we could get all those people in like one place, and we'd have a million people. Like, damn, this is crowded. I guess it's not so lonely. <laughs> But it's really important to recognize these things and talk about them and, and, and acknowledge that uh, it's not you. There's a lot of people just like that. And I think uh, as a Spartan, hey, listen, we owe Cassius all kinds of things for what he's done uh, to bring honor and dignity to the program. Even in being a, 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 a truth teller and a bold person when everybody else was ducking their heads during the Nasser thing. Oh, he was unbelievable. But, uh, he, was, he was unbelievable. But I think national championship uh, player of the year, whatever you want to call it, I think his real service that he's doing for us and for anybody who cares about sports and other people is speaking about what he's going through because there are so many people carrying that burden who are just letting it consume them that when you see somebody like that talk about it, I think it should give all of us the courage to say, you know what? I got some things I want to get off my chest, too. And I, I don't know if you've heard from him, Sean, since his story broke. I've, I've heard from people. From, I heard from Izzo and other people in the did program. Did he feel better? How did he feel about it? Uh, maybe, a, maybe a little lighter. And they talked about – because the next phase I – mean, You did not apply a balm. Who told you to apply a balm? No, no, no. You didn't apply a balm. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's not going to heal it, but it's absolutely it's, not. And and maybe there's a little there's, pressure out of the balloon. There's yeah, and he he he. I hate to say admitted, but he talked about he can't sleep. You know, he can't eat. He couldn't get to the gym. He didn't want to take extra shots. He didn't want to lift. And so, and Izzo kind of half joked about for a guy who's already sort of a non-athlete. Now that's relative to the athletes on. He's on <laughs> I the could floor take with. him, but let's move on. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but just imagine not being able to sleep. I can and, imagine and, that. And then trying to, and and, and, and any, all the, anybody who's had can. a relative who's sick, yeah, exactly. or is troubled, knows exactly what it's like not to be able. to So sleep. I don't know that he's going to keep talking right now. And and Tom Izzo and I talked about this. Maybe down the road, I think Izzo is hopeful that because Cassius is so thoughtful and so smart, he's kind of a a poet almost. And you you heard that yeah, during he the got Nats into stuff. Harvard. He yeah. did not get into Michigan, which is why I went to Michigan State. But he did get into Harvard. <laughs> no, he's just you, he, the way he observes and, and processes is is really something. But in any case, Izzo is hopeful that down the road he might get to the place where he really wants to speak on this issue and speak about suicide and all that sort of thing. Kind of like how Tony Tony Dungy yeah. did, who wrote a book about because he lost son. his son. Right. And Tony Dungy actually Tony Dungy of Jackson, Michigan. That's right. He called. Uh, and talk to Cassius and Cassius' parents and talk to Izzo because Izzo has been at a loss. He's never been anything through through anything like this. And he hasn't been able to sleep. And he goes to bed every night. And he's talking to counselors and psychiatrists and other folks and out who have dealt with this, like Tony Dungy, trying to to figure out ways to – because it's hard to coach the team, right? And it's hard to coach Cassius. It's hard to coach – 
it's just it's been very very difficult for them to figure this out. I think it's getting a little bit better now though. Well, you want to say something that'll help, and there's really nothing you can say that'll help. So let me make a suggestion to you folks: let people know you're there to listen, because everybody needs to talk about this stuff. So, uh, boy, this is a hard transition. Let's let's take it from a, a very beautiful and and meaningful moment, and you can read Sean's story. We'll have a link to it on our website, mlsolvedetroit.com, to uh, something completely farcical and ridiculous. <laughs> I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Our great debate is on bowl games. Are they meaningful? And uh, I don't think the Citrus Bowl is going to be meaningful. Okay, maybe not for you. But the Pinstripe Bowl... It's not meaningful for me either. I, I think Stripe Bowl is so meaningful that prospective first-round draft pick Kenny Wilkes, who was practically crippled in last year's meaningless bowl game, the Red Box Bowl that he played in, is going to play in the Pinstripe Bowl. Red Box Bowl for the glorious green and white. So Nothing. I would say some. Bowl games are meaningful. Well, they could be meaningful for individual players. Like Josh Uche is going to play in the Citrus Bowl in hopes of raising his draft profile. That's fine. But overall, they're totally meaningless. Like, I don't care what happens in the bowl game against Alabama for Michigan as a Michigan fan. It means nothing. I'd rather see a bunch of sophomores and freshmen play because it's preseason for next year. And then you add the additional fact that they rake in a lot of money. And I love when people say they do a lot for charity. Well, they do a lot for charity to maintain their nonprofit status while they're right. paying their board a couple hundred thousand dollars. They make money. Um, the presidents uh, and uh, athletic directors and coaches usually get a bonus when they go to a bowl game, ah. so they make money. The but, kids get players, uh, Walkmen and uh, Rubik's Cubes yeah, and stuff. It's a pittance. So. pittance. And the games don't matter. They're made for TV to put on in the background when you have people over. Right, Sean? Right. Hey, all right. Absolutely. I think uh, it means a lot to Michigan fans, by the way. Really? Well, I think it, beating Alabama, because Alabama, Michigan fans will beat their chest about that for been, the end of time. Well, not only that, but there have been stories about how Saban is telling his guys this matters and they're gonna, everybody's going to play. But does it matter? I don't think we're going to allow to see a def- def- defection to what's that? Does it matter? Of course it matters. Why? Don't you want to see if you can beat Alabama? And it's not a real game, though. Well, you, you'll, you know who you'll beat? Game. You'll beat Alabama. Because Ma isn't playing. Exactly. No, but f- as far as I know, everybody's playing. At least, at least, for Michigan. no, for Alabama. No, too. I heard two, two, I heard two are major out. defenders yeah. are sitting out. Are they? Is it up yeah. to two now? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, uh, they're, they're so the NFL guys game. behind them who are sophomores will play, right? Yeah, Alabama. Exactly. When you, when you get to the two deeps with yeah. Alabama, you're looking at. Uh, the best recruiting class Michigan yeah. State would ever have. Yeah, it's so, like Ohio State. Uh, one one five-star, four-star replaces another. Let's go back to last year. Did that game against Florida mean anything? Absolutely. Well, how did you feel? I didn't watch Wa- it. Watching them get back because they were getting it. blown out. I honestly didn't. I didn't even. After, what, that. six, seven minutes in the first quarter, you, you stomped away, didn't you? I think I was doing something. I've been, <laughs> to be honest, I think I DVR'd it, and then I was like, I'm not going to watch this. Why would I watch this? So I think, but it didn't. What, I think what did that, they find out in that game? Nothing. That they needed Saban, to make a change. It was the uh, final straw, so to speak. I, I they, think that was they, Ohio State that showed they needed. Right, to make a but change. Florida just kind of cemented that. I mean, the big player from that game was for Michigan, at least, was who Christian Turner. 
Yeah. Oh, CT? Big deal. Yeah. yeah right. Well, no. I don't know. But I, I think Saban was right that the college football playoff has basically rendered all the rest of the bowls meaningless because if you're not in the playoff, loser, move on. I think the New Year's Six Bowls still are fun for most teams. I mean, you know, the Pinstripe Bowl, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have a good meal down in the West Village. Are you going? <laughs> That's all yeah. about you. Yeah. Can I go? <laughs> yeah, sure. I not? actually have a lot of time on my hands sure, these you days. Can do, I need to pick, <laughs> do I need to carry you and piggyback you? No, 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 no. But if you get anything. a per diem, if we could split that. <laughs> no problem. Maybe no problem. you sneak a hot dog out of the press box well, for me. I'll get you a little falafel in Midtown. Yeah, actually, I do not want to know where you'd smuggle a hot dog out of the press See, box. See, it's funny. You guys are talking about the city that it's in, not the game, because the game doesn't matter. But, so that's why, that's why it does no, it matter. It, it, it's better for the Spartan players. They're going to New York City instead of Detroit, because a lot oh, of them haven't been to New York. I, I would agree with that. I, as, a, I, as a fan of the Spartans, I would rather go to New York to right. see the team but the, because the, of the city. The funny thing, I think, about the bowl games is there's some inverse uh, logic here where the more meaningless the bowl game is, the more significant it is because you're usually getting teams who don't go to bowl games. You're getting teams who are trying to salvage their season to be a winning season. You're getting teams who want to get next year's players out there on the field. But when you get to the big ones, the Citrus Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the ones that used to be the premier games – Nobody gives a crap. And the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of all, they're getting a team that got the crap kicked out of them twice in the Big Ten, and they are supposed to represent the Big Ten. And the Pac-12, these guys shouldn't even be allowed to serve as bell ringers for the Salvation Army. They stink so bad. And they're going to play in the granddaddy of them all? Give me a break. I just think, does it bother you that they're these made for TV events, like I mean, there's no. Well, isn't there actually a, a made I mean, for many, a made many, potato bowl? I mean, there's some sort way. of crazy. But how bowl. many does ESPN? How many have they created and do they own? There's like five or six of them, and they're the lower bowls. There are. And how many bowls are there? What thirty five? No, there's, I think there's like fifty. Aren't there's there too many? No, there are too many. That, that's for sure. And I understand, you know. And as long as the bowls exist, they won't expand the playoffs. I really, I no, really I think they're going to expand the playoffs fairly soon, actually. And include least, the bowls in them? To go, at least go to eight. Well, I like Harbaugh's plan. Just expand the playoffs enough so that we get in. <laughs> yeah, no, that well, was a good Do you blame them? Well, it's just like, no, if <laughs> I was this guy, coaches... I would not want to play another good team because every time they play a good team, they get exposed. It's the same Division... reason coaches don't want to pay, play, pay players because they want the money. Division okay, two so. is, their playoff system is what, 24? Something and it works like great. Yeah, that's that's about that. right. That's what that's what should happen. Every other sport has a playoff like that. Yeah, and then if and if Eastern Michigan or you know those kind of schools that are never going to be in that playoff, maybe you could have some kind of a little that's bowl, fine. a separate tournament or a separate bowl if, system if, or something. If you well, played they, for Western Michigan a couple of years ago and you got to go to the Bahamas, I think you'd be pretty stoked. Exactly. They so, should just split the Power Five from the other five. They should. They should. Damn. I mean, so, that'd be the way to do so it. So roll call, uh, bowl games. They matter. No. Sean says, "I think they still do to some degree. I don't know. We're strong. Yes, a minute ago, <laughs> he's waffling. Uh, Absolutely, uh, they do. Something's they, never changed. Uh, Mark, you say do, no. None uh, of them. Well, some of them do. I guess. Exactly. He's doing the same. No, You're saying I, none I, of them. I would Max say eighty percent of them are pointless. Somebody get the syrup down here. I'm running a waffle house. So <laughs> are you, do you say none of them matter? Not no, one. no. I he say the lower the bowl, the more important they are. Okay, so we're all saying something that's gray, but only you are trying to convince and trick and fool these poor listeners into thinking it's black and white and you're taking a hard stance. Once again, they're wrong. No and that's wonder a great you're not at Fox 2 Did you guys anymore. see me win that conversation? Softy. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? 
the Ford family. Great cars. They seem like nice people. Hell of a stadium. But where quality is job one. You remember the ads that the Ford uh, Motor Company used to have, quality is job one? Mm-hmm. And yet this week we learn that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are returning. Uh, How surprised are you? Not at all. You're not really. Oh, I thought they would come back. Why? I just I did because they didn't want the the disruption to some degree. It, I think it's not as easy as it seems to just change another regime and then Apparently try to not. figure out how that that locker room and that roster is going to fit. It's just. It, but okay, I thoroughly agree with that. But do you see anywhere where these are the two guys to keep going? Here's what I see um, with Quinn. Uh, it's it's kind of too bad that they're not completely timed up together. Yeah, because I think Patricia deserves another year. Uh, maybe not deserves, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to give him another year. I would agree with that. But with if Quinn Qu- goes, they both have to. Go. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of an odd deal. I I thought early in the year, those first seven eight games, they actually showed a little spark, a little competitive spirit. They were actually really good offensively. That was mostly Daryl Bevel, but they deserve credit for bringing him in. Stafford hadn't played that well in years. The receivers looked good. I mean, there were, I don't want to get into all this inside baseball, but there was something there. You could see it. It's, when actually, they got, it's actually football, Sean. When, yeah. Okay, good point, uh, hockey guy. Just, tr- just trying to help out. When they lost that Monday night game to Green Bay, yeah. the Lions fans were, were mad and hurt because and it wasn't just the blown calls from the refs. It was that, wow, this team might be – Okay, at this point, they would have been three one and one or three zero oh, and one or something at that point. I can't remember. Okay, but the Diggs trade, disaster. oh for sure, I mean, that and that but the, and that's the Quinn issue, right? Are you going to tr- keep trying to bring in culture guys, Patriot way guys, all this crap? Go get playmakers, right? Yeah. Go get playmakers. But whatever else you say about Patricia and the defense needs a lot of work. He had those guys playing decent football early. And that's what the Fords are looking at. And they're saying, all right, we're going to give him one more chance to build on that. But isn't that everyone's biggest complaint about old man Ford before he passed was that he was too loyal. He wouldn't get rid of people when it was, the writing was on the wall. I don't think it's a matter of loyalty. I think it's a matter of just efficiency. And and we're going to let this play out. Most coaches get three years. Ugh. And so it's a gamble. Matt Millen, Russ Thomas, they were around I mean, a long time. Who are they going to bring in that's going to win a Super Bowl? I mean, it hadn't happened in uh, 60 Urban years. Urban Meyer. A, 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 bag yeah, right. of, a bag of nails? <laughs> Anything would happened. be better than these jokers exactly. and cheaper. See you again. There's an all-night party The other night I was getting so fired up about uh, checking into room 7609. I was driving back from the Fix concert at the Majestic. Great show. They sounded fantastic. And I played Late Bar by Duran Duran because I was getting so excited about room 7609. A little dusty in here. So here's 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 the letdown. This week's selection for Room 7609 is neither a great hit that wasn't really recognized because it did get some recognition, nor a great band that was underappreciated because other than this song, they kind of blew. But, but, when in Rome's song, The Promise, was selected because we're keeping our promise 
to be back. That's deep. I know it's up to my ankles. Beautiful. So what can we say about this band that hasn't already been said? Well, nothing's been said because there's nothing to say. So let me start off by saying (laughs) that I find the video strangely compelling because it's the only video in all of music history where the man singing has more beautiful hair than the beautiful woman. And the other singer is bald. Really? Well, one guy took all the hair. It's kind of, oh. Uh, Pop culture quiz, what movie was that featured in? 
Anybody? Very famous movie, very popular movie. It was in... <laughs> yeah. Gosh! Oh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, right, that's right. Napoleon Dynamite? Are they, um, I think, are they playing uh, tetherball together? Yes, at the end, the closing credits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, that's featured very prominently in that movie. So, Like anyone can even know that. So this band is amazing because they had almost no hits whatsoever, but... They've had all kinds of controversy, and they've reconstituted themselves with one guy and another, and they've they've argued over, can you tour as uh, When in Rome or When in Rome 2 or When in Rome Revisited? And all like, it's sort of like fighting really? over the estate of a beggar. <laughs> There's nothing or an unemployed to divide TV up. reporter. Let's not get too close. To Are you serious? We want your suggestions for Geek of the Week, The Great Debate, Room 7609, just about anything you can think of. Please write to us at mlsoulofdetroit.com. You can find me on Twitter at Elric. I'm on Facebook at ML Elric. We want to hear from you. We want you to feel like this show is a part of you, too. And I, I want to tell you how much I appreciate all the people who reached out while we were gone, who posted on my Facebook page, who sent emails to Fox 2 encouraging them to bring the show back or allow us to bring the show back. It worked. I, 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 I do <laughs> want to say there was one person, uh, I think their name is Lauren or Laurel. You are not nice. What? Not nice at all. But everybody else, we Whoa. really appreciate the kind words. And you we need your support. Again. We need your support. You can donate uh, at uh, ML Solve Detroit. Mark, tell them how they can give us their money at the same time the credit card companies are trying to get it because of their exorbitant holiday shopping. MLSolveDetroit.com. There's a little button right on the top that appropriately says donate. So that's a take you right to PayPal. That's about the most straightforward transaction you'll ever have in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have merchandise. You can support us by an ML Solve Detroit T-shirt, by a uh, signed copy of the Kwame Sutra. Each one has a smart aleck comment written by yours truly, and we will be rolling out very soon our ML Soul of Detroit hockey jerseys, which you can find all of these fine, fine, and very reasonably priced products. Where's that again, Mr. Fellhauer? Uh, DrewandMikeStore.com. That sounds pretty good. So it's a great deal. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Please Sean, what's give your Twitter? Because uh, we're going to be on a personal mission in oh, yeah, 2020 build to build Twitter. up your Twitter following. At Sean Windsor. That's it. S H A W N. S H A W N. Windsor, like the city. Like the city. W I N D S O R. There you go. And please give us uh, good ratings on whatever uh, whatever uh, podcasting platform you follow. You can write to us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. We look forward to reading some of those comments. Or you can give us a call. Someday someone will give us a call at 313-Butterfield-89070. That's 313-288-9070. And please support our sponsors, Hall Financial, let them know that ML sent you. And, of course, mybookie.ag. Please start an account. Use the promo code SOLD. Now, gamble I, I, responsibly. I was thinking after the uh, debate about bowl games, after we moved on, I'm like, well, they are kind of important if you like to gamble. Oh, yeah. They, well, they aren't meaningless if you like to place a wager or two. Yeah, exactly. If you got some dough on it. And, you know, gambling may be coming to the state of Michigan. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. While I've been off, I've been listening to some some cool podcasts, and there's a great one that uh, Cam Evans does. It talks about the business of sports, and um, he di- he discusses uh, sports well, gambling coming to Michigan. They passed it. I mean, they passed the bill. Isn't it just waiting to be signed? 
It's coming. So check out Cam Evans and Neil Rule when you're done listening to us and get their take on yeah, sports and online betting. Yeah, he's the voice of the yeah. uh, the uh, Oakland. DCFC. Oh, oh is he? He does Oakland too. So folks, we really appreciate you coming back. We hope you'll stick around. You'll help. We hope you'll tell us how we can do it better because it is a work in progress. And this is the point at the show, if I recall correctly, where we ask a gentleman named Cyrus to let us go away. Before we do that, oh, wait. Uh, point out that we will be back regularly in 2020. This is oh, kind yeah. of a Christmas-esque special. Um, there is more to dig into. Every week. With uh, ML and uh, departure. Always. Every week we will be back, for better or for worse. And if I recall correctly, it's time to say, Cyrus, <laughs> take us out. You have been listening Can to the Red that? Shovel Can Network. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Softy.